How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's quote-unquote new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships, to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Grant Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf here in my basement, Shilkapadia there in his, and Zach Berman. In his, and uh, we're going all mailbag today. This is a Bird and Edgewise episode, and let's get it going right away with the first question from Ross Cohen. Sheil, how was your weekend? Who cares? You're not going to give us anything. My weekend? Yeah. I mean, really? Who the cares? question's been uh, asked. You're, gonna, oh, okay. you're, you're a, got, a loyal right. listener. I can I can give you a little uh, little. Uh, I don't know how, how, what your what your uh, wives did on uh, Mother's Day, but I can tell you. You know, normally we're not a big like holiday family. We don't do a lot for you know birthdays, as we've talked about. Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, you let the kids do a little something, but they kind of come and go. But uh, the quarantine Mother's Day in my household, my God, uh, two weeks ago, a box of wine shows up at the house. Uh, so there was a lot of pre-planning. And then <laughs> on Mother's Day, there was a request for a homemade latte in bed, which we did. Nice. Uh, we, we, we bought uh, her mama a pair of sneakers, which we uh, delivered to her in the morning and then uh, she was on the deck outside away from the rest of the family for i would say about nine hours uh <laughs> on sunday uh, a bottle uh, many mimosas just her were had as she read on the deck bottle of champagne finished by noon fantastic so i mean uh, listen when father's day comes around uh, <laughs> uh dad is going to be putting in work I, you <laughs> every, know, day I, is, I, every day is every day is father's day right uh, no, I would not say that. <laughs> That's a I great would, performance from uh, from Mama Capadia. I saw uh, I saw her tweet about the, uh, the the mimosas on the deck. I'm glad she followed through. Well, she tweeted she 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 put out like you know a book and one mimosa. I'm like people don't know you're in the bag here before uh, is that the, is that the, <laughs> before before noon? Like you're not you know this isn't like some kind of calm brunch here. You're, I respect you know, that though. O- only time she's coming inside is to pour another drink or to go to the bathroom. And you know how you much know, you know how much she's been juggling throughout this quarantine. She'll okay, give her a, give her a day off. Come on, please listen. Pick 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 a side here, okay? 
Yeah, I, uh, I will pick a side. Fun. I'm on her side. It was, it was fine. It was good. I'm just saying, listen, the okay. bill's going to come due on Father's Day. Well, <laughs> speaking of Mother's Day, I believe Zach's got some uh, some Mother's Day updates for us. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a big few days in my family. I, I have three new uh, nieces and nephews. Uh, late last night, uh, my uh, brother Alex and his and his wife Brittany, more his wife Brittany, um, uh, had had uh, their first child, Lila. Uh, very so excited. Very excited for that. And then uh, last week, um, my sister in law. Um, uh, my sister-in-law Marissa had uh, had had twins, Ricky and Bailey. So uh, wow. very excited, yeah. So three new additions. I I love being an uncle, and um, yeah, very excited about that. Would you say you like being an uncle more than you like being a father? Well, no, being a father is awesome, <laughs> but the the responsibilities are different. I like I like I just, you, you I, just like, I love being an uncle. Now the yeah, twins were yeah. born. I, I the twins there was already a child in that family, so they went from one to three. Yes. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. That's uh, that's tough. I know a couple people who are uh, who have and, and are preparing to go go through that. That's a it seems like a, a, a level adjustment. I can and, only imagine. I mean, I, I went and won the two, and that was a uh, major adjustment. So and uh, and then Lila born last night. I like that name. That's uh, yes. That's very exciting. The yeah, first. Very exciting. Very. Exciting. She's gonna have, unfortunately she's gonna have to wait like three hundred and sixty three days for the for Mother's Day. Yes, we we uh, we were joking about that because you know if she, if if she was born Sunday she could have gotten that 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 Mother's Day uh, birth. So yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, why don't we get into uh, the rest of the questions? If uh, if Shield has no more no more updates on his life, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, okay, first question comes to us from uh, Frisky Dingus, who says. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> What the hell? Wow, what a way to start it. Okay. Uh, do you think Howie wants Peters back, or do you think this is mostly from Doug Peterson, Jeff Stoutland, who both have been vocal over the years about how much they love Jason Peters? Basically, do you think that uh, the recent scuttlebutt that the Eagles want him back is coaching staff-driven or otherwise? Uh, that's a good question. I, w- I would say it would be more, it w- you know, I don't know that it's definitely like one way over the other, but certainly it would be more coaching staff wanting him back than front office because, you know, you're you're in the front office, you trade up to get Andre Dillard, you feel like he has all the tools to be a quality left tackle. And then if your coaches say, uh, we, you know, we're not so sure about this after he plays a season, you're probably saying, well, figure it out. You know, we invested resources in it. So I would agree. I don't have any knowledge of that. Like, I, you know, I'm not saying that this is something I've heard or anything like that. But, um, you know, you can just sort of look at it big picture and it would stand to reason that it would be a, a move that the coach and, you know, the coaching staff, they don't care about. They want to know who's going to give us the best chance every Sunday in 2020. Like, you know, you kind of have that. That uh, short-term vision more so than the front office. So yeah, that would make sense to me. I would agree with Shield, and I I would think that if you're making the argument that uh, because of the unorthodox, if that's the word, nature of this offseason, you know the 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 different nature of this offseason. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and you're worried about the development of of Dillard. That would be more coaching staff driven. I, I would imagine. And the other part too is like uh, Dillard's a, a big part of Howie Roseman's record here. You know, he he made that trade, uh, drafted the left tackle, um, and if if Dillard sits for another year, uh, that that's on Howie's record. So 
I would think that the front office would be more inclined to let the draft pick play. I think that's probably right. And uh, we have a lot of questions about the unorthodox nature of this offseason, so uh, we can get to that further. But uh, let's stick with the more Eagles uh, roster-focused questions. And this one comes to us from Samya, who wants to know, what are the expectations for Jannard Avery and Jatavis Brown? I'll jump in first here. Uh, with uh, Jannard Avery, the hope is that he develops into one of your top four pass rushers, and or I should say top four defensive ends. Uh, and it's interesting, if you think back to Howie Roseman's uh, day after the season press conference or end of season press conference, and Very he was asked specifically about the Avery trade. Um, what's that? I was saying in that press conference, he was very bullish, but go ahead, finish your Yes, yes, and he said when they made the trade, they were uh, thinking that he would need kind of the full offseason, that it wasn't wasn't the type of thing where they can put him in the scheme uh, right away and and have the difference, which struck me as an odd answer because if like any position, I would think you can just step right in, it would be defensive end in the Eagles scheme, you know, just, just go run after the quarterback. Um, I know I'm being fairly simplistic with that, but, but I mean, that's, that's how they've described it. Uh, but he's not getting that off season now. And we obviously don't know what the training camp situation would look like, but certainly not OTAs and minicamp. But the best case scenario for Avery is beating out Sharif Miller to be the number four defensive end, assuming they don't add, assuming they don't add anyone else or if they don't add anyone else. And then with Brown, I think Brown, it's, it, it, it was a low cost signing. I think that's to be a a core special teams player and a rotational piece on linebacker. And if he can beat out TJ Edwards to play in sub packages, um, that's that's a good situation. I'm I'm, I I think they would hope that he'd be able to beat out Duke Riley uh, for the base defense, considering the experience that he has. Uh, But uh, I I think those would be kind of the two best outcomes for both players, or two most realistic best outcomes. Quickly on on. Avery, uh, that explanation is really uh, like flimsy. It's 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 uh, it's flimsy and it's it's bad. I mean, this is a guy who was drafted in the fifth round. You trade a fourth round pick for him a year later, and you're saying that the expectation when you did that was to only get two years out of him. Like you're you're, you're trading a fourth round pick for a guy who was drafted in the fifth round, and you you're only expecting that. Uh, like and you and the guess was that you you weren't going to get anything out of him for another year. What was the point? Yeah, no, I think I agree with Zach. I don't think Zach's comment was uh, off base at all. That if you see this guy as a four three like sub package, oh, I agree. defensive end, then yeah, there's there's it's a zero learning curve. Like go line up there and get after the quarterback. I mean that is the even if you played him, if you thought he had that skill and you only played him on third down or uh you know two minute drill or when you knew the other team was going to pass the ball, you could do that. Now if I if I remember correctly though, they used him in some kind of some different ways, right? Yeah, like they tried to do that joker thing with him right away. Linebacker, uh joker thing and and, and so I don't know that they have um, a firm idea of what they want him to do. And it's sort of, I think it's a really interesting player to follow only for the fact that we've talked about, is there a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff type deal? And, um, you know, certainly if he doesn't play next year, then that would add a little bit of uh, fuel to the fire there. Now, do you think coaches, I feel like coaches wake up 
like uh, frothing at the mouth, wondering if they can start to complain about how there was no off season, even though like they haven't done that yet. And there's been no effect. Like, don't you feel like they're just waiting to be able to pull that out? I feel like that's going to be this big theme. And you know, national types who are carrying water are just going to be running with it. Every excuse the team wants to make. Well, you know, we didn't have spring ball in the OTA. So, you know, we couldn't really get this guy involved. Like, eh, give me a break. Figure it out. Totally give me a break. And it's also, I, I, I think I tweeted this like a month ago or something like that, but it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of stuff next off season where like guys who have been disappointments <laughs> are, well, the idea is like, well, you know, J.J. Arthiga Whiteside, you know, he hasn't had a good start to his career, but you got to remember, this is going to be his first real off season with us. Like, uh, oh, I hate the first that real gonna, off season. That's going to be a thing that is going to be said like all the way across the league. Anybody who's a t- disappointment from last year's draft, like, well, this is the this is the off season where we're really going to get a chance to get our hands on him and develop him. Like, okay, thanks. Yeah, I and, mean, it, and it, by it, the it, way, the 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 last like comparable situation to this, and I I understand there's nothing that really compares to a pandemic, but in terms of how it's affecting football, would would be the lockout in 2011, right. and you heard that quite a bit. Going into 2012, like, you know, they had all those moving parts. They finally have this full offseason. You can finally kind of see this team uh, come to fruition, and they went 4-12. and So uh, clearly that, that excuse really didn't hold up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously valid for rookies, and, uh, you know, you could even say for second-year players. But uh, for someone like Gennard Avery, I, you know, that doesn't really um, – that, that would be a weak excuse to me. So we'll see. Uh, from Roger Evoy. At this point in the offseason, what can the team do to make you feel better about your justified concerns with the current roster? Uh, I can answer this first, I guess. Uh, I, I think it's, it's tied to the question we had last week about, you know, where, where would you add somebody if you still could? And just looking at who's out there, like if they added um, a Clowney or an Everson Griffin or somebody who really makes uh, an impact as a top three defensive end for this rotation, I think that would... Uh, alleviate some concerns of mine. Would that significantly change your uh, opinion of the team's prospects? Like you had them at what yeah. eight and eight. So, yeah. so if they added that, where would they they be for you? I think it would be a little bit better, and maybe a, maybe okay. a win. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to sound yeah. like a broken record, but uh, if, if there's a, if a wide receiver becomes available, yeah, sure, that, that is that is a known commodity. Then I would, you know, my ceiling, uh, my jump could be as high as they're definitely winning the NFC East, and they may win the Super Bowl. And I have them winning uh, 11, 12 games. I mean, honestly, it, it sounds crazy to say. It's probably not um, that's true, math- mathematically justified. But that would be the one to me. Now, having said that, I don't know if we'll get to this in another question, but you know, I had to uh, file some. Uh, power rankings. They're doing an updated power rankings thing. And uh, it did feel to me like maybe we were too low on the Eagles in our game by game thing. Just when you look at the league, like, you know, there were maybe like uh, five, six teams that I felt like, all right, this team, I really feel good about being better than the Eagles on a neutral field. But then there's sort of a next tier there that they're right in there. And um, and so if I know some listeners are probably uh, wanting to hear the ray of sunshine optimistic view and uh you know i I think it does exist it just feels like they could have taken a bigger leap this offseason and i think that's probably where some of the uh, skepticism at at least on my end comes in so what was the exact wording of the question what was the exact wording of the question i just want to make sure um let me find it i may have already closed the tab Uh, oh no problem i I mean i can yeah so so i i would say that either 
Like, if you told me that that Carson was going to be playing near 2017 level, you know, that, that, that you were going to get, like, A-level quarterback play, I, I'd say, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd feel very good about the Eagles' chances. Uh, but I, I, I don't really have, uh, I, I guess, reservations with Carson. I think even if, if, if Carson's at the level he was at last year, that's certainly a passable level. Um, now, I think, uh, similar to, um, to what Shields said, I don't know if, if there's a remedy out there in, in terms of adding a wide receiver from the outside. If you were to tell me that internally they're not concerned about Alshon's injury, uh, that they think Alshon can, can be a, a reliable piece, uh, then I, I would say, okay, that makes me feel a little better about the wide receiver core because I don't think Alshon is, 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 is a bad player. You know, I, I, and I think that a healthy Alshon with other wide receivers uh, can really um, upgrade what they currently have. The question is, and and I guess my issue with with wide receiver is that we've seen you 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 can't count on on Deshaun to play uh, sixteen games. If if Alshon's not really a piece here, then what you have is Jalen Rager and JJ Ortega Whiteside and and I guess Marquise Goodwin as your top three receivers. And I don't think that's good enough. If 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 Alshon is a piece there, they're going to rely upon. Then I guess that would change the way I, I view it. You put Marquise Goodwin over Greg Ward. That's a good point. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of odd that that's like the question here. You know, you know, Goodwin or Ward. Um, you know, I, I think that says something here. Uh, I just think they're they're talking so much about speed, but no, I think probably Ward's the top option in the slot. I just, uh, you know, Ward they, yeah, it's I mean, it's he, hard I just, to say I without just, I, The only reason I, I snap back is because I mean, I, I think with all, we've talked about this with all these receivers that they added, you know, they added so much speed in John Hightower and Quez Watkins and Marquise Goodwin, but. Like, as we've said, if one of those guys is playable, that's a good outcome. We're talking about a fifth-round yes. pick, a sixth-round pick, and a guy acquired for a flip of six-round picks. So it's not well, like it's not like we should expect him to make a big impact. Go ahead. Okay, so this is a question I need to post. So I'm working on this piece, and in it I wrote that— uh, so basically, I mean, we know what their approach was, right? Take a lot of swings at wide receiver mm-hmm. and hope that a couple hit. So I wrote down these six things. I think two of these things— have to happen for the uh, Eagles passing game to really make a big leap. So uh, right, w- think about which of these two you think are most likely, okay? Number one is Jalen Rager is outstanding as a rookie. Number two is Deshaun Jackson stays healthy, and that's relatively healthy. You know, if he plays in 12 games and is mm-hmm. healthy in the playoffs, I think that's a win. Uh, number three is one of those day three picks, either John Hightower or Quez Watkins really surprises. Number four is Marquise Goodwin is healthy and productive. Number five is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside making a a big leap from his rookie year. And number six is Alshon Jeffrey uh, getting healthy and being productive. Uh, So I think think if two of those six things happen, then you really have a chance to make a big leap. If one of them happened, you know, smaller, and there's obviously a possibility that uh, that zero of them happened. Now, which of those two... Do you think are most do you feel best about uh, potentially happening? Hmm, that's a really good question. Uh, I can give you mine. You want me to start? I think. Okay. Uh, okay. No, no. Ahead. I think it's a good way. It's a good way of framing it. Um, I would say 
I would water gun to my head. I could only bet on two of them. I would bet on Deshaun Jackson playing twelve plus games, and which is not great. Um, and probably Rager, uh, just because of the expectation, like, like the the uh, the opportunity. He's going to he's going to have a chance to play. What qualifies as really good for uh, Rager? Because I think that's how how how, mm. how you phrase it. Are you talking? I, I, like, I, uh, I would say uh, so. Actually, I saw the over. I saw the Vegas over under on this, and I think it was. 700.5 yards uh, was his over-under. Now, um, I looked at the past 10 years. This is uh, similar to a number I know I've said a million times, but a little different. I looked at just first-round picks over the last 10 years. The median output for a rookie is 525 receiving yards. Uh, so I would describe really good, let's say, uh, you know, I think if you're getting, I, I would say over 700 yards. I okay. think that's giving you starting ca- quality, starting caliber. I think uh, it would be a dis- I think it would be a significant disappointment if Rager doesn't have more than seven hundred receiving yards next year. Okay, so that that's definitely one of yours. So you would lean on Rager and Deshaun, okay? Yeah. So I I would think that the that the two most likely are what uh, Bo said there, Rager and and Deshaun. Uh, but I, I guess my close third. Would be Arthago Whiteside improving in year two? Really? really? I would have my that third would be, as Alshon Jeffrey. I would go Alshon, then Marquise Goodwin, then okay. Arthago Whiteside. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're really down on Arthago Whiteside even becoming yes, like a, a, a piece for them. I might okay. do is I might do something on this, but like the I mean we've talked about he was he was historically unproductive last year. Yes. Uh, it's hard to I don't know. I mean the opportunity is there certainly, but. I, I haven't seen anything to suggest that he, he can make a real leap. I think at this point, if you went to the Eagles management uh, or coaches and said, uh, we'll make you a deal that we will guarantee J.J. Ortega-Whiteside can be competent as a number four wide receiver, but so it's guaranteed you get that, but there's no ceiling for hire, would you take that? I think they might take that. Yeah, I think they would, really? take, I think they would take not racist Riley Cooper. <laughs> as an as an outcome, yeah, like 2013. Right? Yeah, if, if, if you're getting 2013 Riley Cooper, that's a yeah, that's a good outcome. Like yeah. not racist, right? Yeah, that I'm not saying what happened in the summer yeah. of 2013. <laughs> maybe they would, maybe saying. they wouldn't take that. I, don't, I mean, but, yeah. but but you can make the argument that they should take that. Yeah. I mean, you if you're the team, you probably want the uh, variance and the right. possibility that he turns into something. So I take that back. You wouldn't take that. But like that wouldn't be the a crazy outcome. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just think I think Alshon really is 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 the wild card here because, yeah, like I I, I mean, and, and when we had Coach Flynn on and him him talking about recovering from that injury at, at that position, yeah, that's uh, true. That like that's what worries me is because a wide receiver who can't run is is a major problem. Obviously, well, it's not um, like Alshon had like speed to lose. You yeah. Know? Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but um, but if 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 they can get like decent production from a, 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 if they can get decent production from uh, uh, from Alshon, that would really change the way I'm, I'm viewing at the I'm viewing the position. And then the other thing that I would say is that you know if if you're looking beyond those six things, like I think there's a case to be made just having a uh, a Rager on the field, like just having one guy who can run on the field at a time changes the shape of the offense and opens things up for, you know, Zach Ertz to be more productive than he was last year and maybe Dallas Goddard to have a little bit more of an impact. 
Sounds good. All right. Well, what's next? I have, a, I have a quick Rager question for you guys. Okay. Um, if if uh, if you were told that he could have Nelson Aguilar's five year career production, okay, um, would 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 that be like a major failure? I, 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 and not the way it went about it, like just being in unproductive year one, uh, a problem year two. And then a good piece year three, year four, and who knows what happened year five. But but like you're you're getting two seasons that are are really productive out of him. Um, is is that a bad outcome? And is that like an unrealistic outcome? Because I mean, what's to say Jalen Rager's not like Nelson Aguilar in, in terms of the of, of the production you're getting? I don't think that's unrealistic at all. I think that's about a, you know that's a probably slightly above average. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers first five years for a first round pick but I think the Eagles cannot afford to have him wait to make that much of an impact I think they need him to Good be point. more productive in the first two years than Aguilar was and by the way in in in, in 2015 the Eagles needed that too and that was a major problem with that offense was that Nelson um, when they drafted Nelson they they viewed it as like a high floor player and he was I think he was 23 catches that year. Uh, he was he was not a high floor player. Yeah, it's not unrealistic. I would be disappointed in that um, if I were the Eagles. I mean, you're talking about about 500 uh, receiving yards a season. Uh, you know, we already said his over under for the first season is 700. I'm you know uh, again, it's not uh, unrealistic, but I think you got to be hoping for uh, significantly more than that. From Tom Idzinski, if you had to bet on the Eagles having a top 10 pick next year or making the NFC Championship game, which would you pick? I would say NFC Championship game. I don't have to think too hard about that one. Presuming that this is not uh, you know, a, a canceled season and the draft is randomized. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would say uh, top ten pick because really, and, wow, and and that's not an indictment of, of their roster. But if if Carson goes down early, um, you know, uh, I'm I'm not sure this is a team that is is getting to like seven eight wins. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, to be one of the top four teams in the NFL at the end of the year, it's I would just take the odds that you that you have a better chance of of being one of the bottom ten than the top four. Hmm. I would go with the NFC Championship game, and this is the thing that uh, I think Sheila and I, we briefly talked about offline, but I was going to bring up and for the people who think that we're such pessimists. Like, it is true that you have to, you know, if you look around, if you're looking for optimism and you look around the league, like, which uh, trio of quarterback, head coach, front office structure would you take over the Eagles? And there's there's really not that many. I think certainly Kansas City and Baltimore and... Like is there like who else would you definitely take if 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 uh, Seattle if New was had the one I said Seattle yeah I think he would take Seattle although you know we can argue about Pete Carroll but I think he certainly take Russell Wilson uh, you know New England has a better coach front office but I certainly wouldn't take that quarterback uh, there are other places where you might take the quarterback but it's sort of a floundering franchise so that is the like that is the reason for optimism that is why you you should expect that this team should be able to compete every year. I agree wholeheartedly there, but uh, I mean, I was saying that if if Carson goes down, you just look at the at the top ten this year. Uh, Carolina, a, a team that you know, I, I I think some of us liked in the, in the over unders before the mm. year last year. Cam one Newton of us in down, particular. Which I I didn't want to 
Uh, was it you or, or was it you? Was it Sorry, Sheila, my, he- my headphones it. went out. Should I do it? Uh, I was going to do an ad read if we're moving on. Okay. We were just talking um, about how much you loved the Panthers last year. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Detroit, they're, you know, uh, I mean, their starting quarterback goes down. Um, it, it dramatically affects them. I, I mean, Cincinnati, their starting quarterback, well, actually, they were bad before Dalton went down. Um, but even, you know, the Jets at 11. Um, when well, the they were stink. not good when 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 Darnold was was down, um, so I would say that if Carson were to get injured, uh, that would have a uh, obviously a major effect on their draft position because I I don't know if Sudfeld and Hertz are like a good enough combination to get you to the playoffs at this point. You know, from a coverage standpoint, it's actually a nice spot to. Uh, you know, normally if the starting quarterback goes down, it's like, oh gosh, this season's going to drag on. But uh, with Hertz here, I guess that's, that's one true. thing about Hertz is that there will actually be some excitement just to see uh, what he does or what he doesn't do. Now, speaking of excitement, top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Did you know that 75% of us are walking around every day, life chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. It does not have to be this way. You want to kick the, the coffee habit? But you're worried about your energy levels to avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc to help you hydrate quickly, stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS. We are not making uh, much uh, headway through all these questions, I have to say. All right, well, let's I will give quicker. quicker answers. Uh, Peckness Migrate, Andy Weidel, Jim Schwartz, Jeff Stoutland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would buy, uh, I'll start. I would migrate uh, Andy Weidel, no offense, but, uh, you know, it's not. We haven't learned uh, enough yet. Yeah, we don't know enough about him. Uh, I would, this is a tough one. You know what? I might nest uh, Jeff Stoutland because I feel like he has sort of staying power where he can, you know, coach the rest of his career and give me above average, uh, you know, very good offensive line coaching. And while I think we are mostly Jim Schwartz defenders on this podcast, and I agree he's a very good defensive coordinator, I do feel like there's probably a time where, with you know, at every time in an organization, it's probably going to be time to move on from Jim Schwartz, and so you're probably not get you might get uh, quality defensive coordinating from him, and it's probably more important than uh, offensive line coaching. But uh, I don't think you're going to get the longevity, so I'll uh, I'll I'll peck him for uh, one season. I, actually, I, I thought she explained it well. I, I, I was thinking when the question was initially asked, 
to have uh, the inverse of of Schwartz and Stoutland, but I thought Shield's explanation was sound, so I'm going to copy Shield. I actually think that I, I agree. It seems a little bit silly, but I, for the reasons you said, I think I agree. Uh, do you guys want to get into the uh, this string of pandemic questions? Sure. Is that is that all that's left? <laughs> no, there's a lot. Of, I've got like 40 tabs open of questions right. here. So M- mix, uh, mix it up. Mix it up. Though. All right. Uh, what happens if there is no NFL this year? What happens to contracts and for rookies? Do they just lose a year? Do all contracts just lose a year? And how would they do the draft? How would they determine where everyone picks? Yeah, so this is a good question. So in, in baseball, this was uh, actually collectively bargained where it was, it was agreed with the Players Association that if they did not have a season, it would still count as an accrued season. So, for instance, like Mookie Betts would be a free agent, even though he had never played for the Dodgers if this season uh, were to be canceled. Um, so I would imagine if it got to that point, they would need to uh, discuss that with the players. But I would guess the same thing would would be in place. I, I, I don't know that. Um, but but based on on the precedent from from baseball, I would think that would be the case. Although I, I do think they're going to play football in 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 some way. Uh, I don't know that either, obviously. And then in, in terms of the draft, yeah, that's a that's a great question. If there's not a season, I don't know a fair way to do it other than you know like when you do a fantasy draft and then you have a random order. I think you would have to randomize it or at least do some kind of like weighted wins over the past like four years or something like that um, or like randomize it in buckets. I don't know. But yeah, yeah there's, there's no way to just go down the line, I think. And maybe you would randomize it in each round so there'd be a little bit more variance. Yeah, I have nothing to add that Zach did not. Well, did you guys read the, uh, the, the Fauci interview in Peter King's column this week? Of course, yes. Your my boy. guy, my guy PK. Uh, yeah, I think it made my uh, season predictions look pretty good. How about you guys? <laughs> Everybody uh, yelling at me. I think it's it sounded it sounded like uh, Fauci and I are in lockstep. Well, we were you know we were not saying that the uh, we feel you know 100 percent that the season's going to happen. Yes. We, we were just discussing the exercise. Oh, I'm not, of I'm not going at you schedule. guys. I'm going at the commenters oh. who were so angry at me. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I thought that the listeners really liked. Uh, I thought you had listeners getting your back, Bo. But I thought especially there were a lot of comments that this was one of Zach's finest episodes. People liked him coming back around with the joke like near the end uh, at you and uh, bringing passion. So, uh, Zach, I have to say. In terms of like, uh, people seem to feel that from your first episode to now has like your uh, your potential is just through the roof. It's like Lamar Jackson from year one to year two or something. I don't know. I feel like well, ZB I, has had the best off season <laughs> of anybody. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. with that. But no, I appreciate the sentiment. I was thinking about it. There's a story I'm working on uh, for the Athletic uh, about someone who who does radio in Philadelphia and. A thing that 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 he he was really kind of harping on was the time it takes to develop chemistry with the people that you work with, and I think that uh, even though you guys are very easy to create chemistry with, you obviously had a lot of chemistry before I came on. So I, I was very deferential when I started, and I think I'm I'm finding more of a rhythm uh, now. So I don't know All if right. the last episode was uh, don't be afraid to bite back. Yeah, yeah, was, was evidence of that. But the the number one thing that I've heard, the number one feedback in terms of, not in terms of like my my performance or delivery or, or anything, but in terms of working with with you guys, has been people saying, make sure you fire back at Bo. So I, I've mm-hmm. I've had to uh, accept that a little more. 
And stay tuned for that interview with Howard Eskin on The Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Howard Eskin. Um, on the point of, of contracts, I think you have to, like, you, if you're looking at it skeptically, I think the obvious reason why owners would agree to that is that they would then expect there to be much less money available in free agency um, because there was no no season of revenue. So I think that's sort of the trade-off. But I, I do think it's more likely than not that if there if there were no season, I think the contracts would, would roll forward. But that's just guesswork. Uh, but along those lines, a question from uh, Michael Weber. If the health crisis doesn't subside and the entire NFL season has to be canceled, in that scenario, there's probably no college season either, maybe no draft or a modified draft. If that happens, does it change how you judge the Jalen Hurts selection uh, if there's a, a chance that there's no football next year? And this is a question that like lots of Eagles fans have been talking about, like maybe Howie is like galaxy branding this and thinking that Jalen like and thinking there will be no football season next year and so Jalen Hurts becomes more valuable next year. I don't really see how that tracks. I don't I don't think that it affects the evaluation of the pick at all. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I there has been a lot of uh, a lot of people have um thrown out that theory. I mean really it's you know, so I guess the theory is that what? That teams who need a quarterback would say we want to trade for Jalen Hurts now? Uh, because yeah, there's I, no I, I guess mean, that's the theory. Okay, I mean, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, even if that were the case, if you drafted him in the fourth round and could turn him into a second-round pick, fine. I, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to give up like a first-round pick for Jalen Hurts just because there's no uh, college football next year, and that's what you would need to um, require an upgrade. So, And also, I mean, a lot of the college, you know, like the Trevor Lawrence, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. people would, right. want, would want him right away. You know, it's not, he doesn't need to play. They might prefer that he doesn't play so that he sure. doesn't get injured or, uh, or anything like that. So, no, I, I don't think it would have much of an effect on it. Yeah, neither do I. And, 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 and for what Sheila just said, I, I think next year is going to be considered a strong quarterback class, especially at the top. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, uh, our our big time prospects, and then after that, Trey Lance, Bo's boy from North Dakota State. Yeah. Um, check out Bo's story from from when when he went out there to do a story on Carson. I mean, you look at his at his numbers as a starter last year, uh, and the way he played, uh, just outstanding. And and I think the conversion Carson made from that offense also helps uh, Trey Lance's draft stock. And then uh, another guy to watch, and this is a, another Bo Wolf connection, is Jamie Newman who was at Wake Forest and, and uh, transferred. He's a grad transfer. He'll be the starter at Georgia this year. And I think he's, in the, he's in a, another player whose who's, who's stock is uh, going to go up. So I think next year is going to be considered a strong quarterback class. And the interesting thing is if there is no college football, and again, I don't know any of this, but my guess is college football is less likely to occur than NFL football just because it's, it's, it's harder to keep them um, away from other people, so to speak. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'd, I'd be curious how the evaluation process would go having not seen these guys for a year. Can I get a question in here? Go for it. Uh, Bo, is it, I, well, it's about the uh, the Wolf family and the MJ doc. Is that all right, Bo? Can we talk about oh, that? Oh, you're just hopping right into it, huh? Oh, are we? am I supposed to wait? Do you not you, want to talk can, about that? You can, you can go for it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if people realize the Wolf family's impact on this, like, uh, documentary, documentary that has taken over the nation. I mean, at first, I thought it was just going to be uh, Sister Eve Wolf, right, Bo? Yep. 
uh, you know, with the associate producer credit. If you leave, let it let it roll. Let that bad boy roll and pause it, and you will see her name uh, on there. And then, of course, the last episode, uh, Father Steve Wolf was prominently featured. Yeah, I, I thought they could have, you know, certainly done I'm not done so sure. Better. I would go with yeah. prominently featured. All right, all right. It was was part of the storyline. I, you know, I I wasn't pleased with, um, you know, some some of the ways they uh, maybe portrayed that story or him in the documentary. But I wanted to ask you both what you thought about um you know both those things how come you're not uh i mean if, if my sister was working on this documentary i'd be tweeting about it uh non-stop how come you're not um you know taking a whiff for the wolf family a little bit more and then also what did you think of um how the this the steve wolf aspect of it well i think part of it is because i i want i don't want to get in the middle of it but uh i'll, I'll give you my thoughts i think the like if you actually care about uh my dad's opinion on the the whole Birmingham uh, fiasco, I would say there are plenty of opportunities to read that. He wrote a story that was on ESPN.com. He was on Mina Kimes podcast on Friday to talk about it. Yeah, how did you get um, scooped? By, I mean, really, how did we get scooped on that? <laughs> I was going to crush you for this. I mean, you knew that was coming. How did we not get Steve Wolf before Mina Kimes? What are you doing? Well, that's a fair question. I'm not I mean, you to, could I'm have sat it out. Zach and I could have interviewed him if you thought it was a conflict of interest. That's probably a good idea. Maybe uh, we'll, I'm a, maybe we'll have a him big on. Steve Wolf fan, yeah. Yeah, that's um, fascinating. And they also, there was also an entire 30 for 30 on Jordan's year in minor league baseball in which... Yeah, Jordan uh, rides the bus, right? Yeah, in which, in which my dad is featured more prominently. So uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, you know, as he has talked about, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't write the headline on the magazine, oh, so yeah, it doesn't. Really? Uh, it doesn't fall on him. But uh, I do think that it is a good. It is a good prism of like why of the documentary itself, which is it's great TV. Um, it's endlessly entertaining. Uh, it is. It is needs to be viewed through the prism of this is the story that Michael Jordan wants to tell, uh, and so I think I think it's important to to view that through that prism. Yeah, he doesn't write the headline, and also, uh, you know, he he said on that Mina Kimes podcast. I had to listen to the Mina Kimes podcast because we couldn't get uh, get him on our <laughs> podcast. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, he said that. So he wrote a follow up column yes. later with the Mia Culpa, and those SI editors refused to run it. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, they spiked that him. Yeah. So well, there's, get there's out beef, of here. beef between the, the SI higher-ups and, and Michael Jordan. I think they were, they were aggrieved that Jordan was aggrieved. So, oh, I had a uh, lot of issues with that. Come on. Uh, guy, I mean, yeah, I, how often I does a sports writer offer to uh, you know, write a column like that? He did more reporting. He looked at also it. Also, the, 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 the original story itself was also not as – was nowhere near as, uh, right. as like down on, on Jordan as the cover made it seem. Well, um, I, so, so. so, I mean, it's, it seemed to me that that story was about what people in baseball think about Michael Jordan – playing baseball correct i mean he's you know he's talking to uh, uh, a lot of people about sort of this transition and i mean no one at that time oh, and i do have good. and i do have one other thing to add yeah the okay. the thing that jordan says that uh like they didn't ask to interview him is obviously ridiculous i uh, think anybody yeah. who uh who knows anything about journalism would know that 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 was not the case so i, I uh, know that's right you know I mean. as far as i'm concerned uh you know, I think I think I think we all know what what Jordan is, right? He's he's this this uh, crazy guy who needs to invent uh, slights to keep himself going. So this is another invented slight for him. If, if well, I, I can was, also say, if yeah. if you guys DVR'd it, and when I say you guys, our our listeners, if you DVR'd it uh, and you want to go back, 
uh, when 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 Mr. Wolf is speaking, uh, you can pause it. This was an and, unbelievable phrase by you. And see a a picture of Bo and I assume your brother um, with uh, baseball bats in their hands in the back. Oh, I don't think that's us. Oh, that's not I, you. Oh no, there's a picture of, of oh. my mom holding me as a baby on the other side. That's, that's oh, I was assuming it was uh, the he thought one it was of, the baseball one. Yeah, there's oh, the no. baseball one. Oh, okay. I thought it was those two guys uh, in the background. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was definitely not an eagle eye by me then. I, I, uh, I did. I would not know what you look like mm. as 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 a baby. Well, I figured you just guessed that pictures on the, <laughs> on, the on the wall. Fair enough. True. True. Yeah. No, uh, it I, was I, an, it I was an odd. It was, too- it was an odd clip they chose. Um, yeah, but, really. What yeah. was that? You found some. I mean, when was that recorded? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be like a twenty-five-year-old clip. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, wow. at least. So, well, okay. So there's a. So that's a, So so you didn't want to uh, uh, speak out in in support of uh, you know or, or or sort of take a whiff about your sister being an associate producer, knowing that they kind of jobbed uh, the big guy. Is that? Uh, is is that what you were saying? I think that's probably a fair, okay. fair way to say it. Yeah, yeah well, well, I mean it's been it? it's been fun to watch. You know what I find weird? Um, there's so like the the focus on his relationship with his dad, but like there's no reflection from Michael Jordan on his on like how becoming a father himself would have changed anything. It feels. Uh, do do you guys find that off putting at all? Like there's nothing from his ex-wife. There's nothing from his kids. I feel like that's a little bit. Well, uh, I could uh, I can I mean, understand like you said why his yeah why his ex why he would not want his ex-wife to be uh, a part of it certainly. But yeah, I guess that I hadn't thought about that. But yes, it is weird uh, that his kids uh, are nowhere to be found. I guess in this uh, documentary, you know, I I find myself being getting like a little uh, nostalgic. Like I haven't felt sort of a this type of nostalgia watching anything as I have with. Uh, with this documentary, you know, I just feel like I was in that sweet spot where, uh, like, I remember going to my sister had like some kind of concert at school when the Sixers were playing the Bulls in the playoffs. I mean, I must have been like six, seven years old. And so we had to go to this, but then we like ran to the car because the Sixers Bulls game was starting and we caught it on the radio before we got home. And then, uh, you know, just kind of my, my earliest memories of those, uh, great Bulls teams and, uh, you know, asking to wear 45 in like a rec league uh, nice. all star game and uh, and sort of oh, he, there's a, there's like, a flex. Like he, well, listen, I was good enough to do that and not good enough to do anything else. And my uh, basketball career peaked at like age 11 or 12. So, uh, but uh, I don't know. There are just a lot of like a lot of Jordan memories sprinkled throughout my childhood, I feel like, where, you know, when he was retiring or uh, even when he was playing that final season, like I remember sort of like that was must-see TV for me where I was kind of like, man, I wish uh, I watched every game of his that I could growing up. And then even when he was on the Wizards, uh, friends and I were in college and we went, saw him play with the, uh, with the Wizards. He scored his 30, I think 30,000th point. He had like a chase down block on, I think it was Ron Mercer. Look at that reference. I like that. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it has been a very fun, it's been a great uh, viewing experience for me. I, I agree with all that. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, have watched them. Yeah, I'm happy to have them in the, in the DVR bank right now. Uh, there's a question for Zach about the podcast. They want to know what, what Zach specifically thinks about Phil drawing up the final shot for Tony Kukoc instead of Scottie Pippen. 
it worked, you know? So, uh, it were, I mean, really don't like Pippen's reaction, obviously. I, I, I was, um, I don't want to say too young because I remember it, but I, I, I don't have the same type of perspective that I probably do now. Like you, you, you can't quit on your team there. Um, but I, I do think your, your best player should in theory get the ball, but clearly it, it worked. And as, as Kukoc said in the doc, he had hit game winning shots before and was, uh, it was a tough shot like that. That you know when I keep thinking that like and also, they yeah, set it wasn't it like up some like crazy play that was drawn up. It was just thrown into Kukoc and he just <laughs> yeah, turned around. He yeah. turned around and shot over his shoulder. I mean that was a that was a tough shot. Uh, I, I I thought what the teammates said about Pippen uh, was really interesting, and um, and then Pippen just resolute about it, like still still holding firm. Um, I, I was surprised to see that. Uh, one quick Eagles related. Anecdote, not about the Pippen thing, but the uh, the Steve Kerr, Michael Jordan story. Malcolm Jenkins did something uh, very similar after Jordan Matthews was traded in 2007. The first, the the next practice, he picked a fight with Nelson Aguilar uh, because he wanted to kind of test Aguilar's metal and get like certain toughness out of Aguilar. Uh, and I, I I remember like a similar um, rationale was explained that. You know we're gonna need you in big games. Um, you know if, if you can't respond now, you're not gonna respond in big games. So uh, I'm not comparing Malcolm Jenkins to Michael Jordan, but just in in, in terms of picking the fight in practice, uh, the same thing happened. I'll tell you one thing that I find annoying and off-putting, and I think Bo is gonna uh, agree with me on this one is that uh, you know I, I like as I check Twitter on like commercial breaks or afterwards. And, you know, like the, the cutthroat nature of Jordan's personality, like I see a lot of people like quoting that. Uh, and it almost seems like they're saying like, you know, this is sort of a, uh, like we can all take lessons from this. And I like I don't think you should be doing that. Like I mean, no. I mean, you know, like uh, there's there's a difference between your having like tunnel vision to become the greatest of all time and win at all costs, and then like you in your regular life trying to be like a good person <laughs> who affects the the people positively around you. I mean, they, you know, I know what what you're saying about he's had like you know final say and he's involved in the making of this, but like at no point do any of his teammates like. This wasn't like a, a fun and enjoyable experience for them. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's something to be said for you reach that level of your uh, of your profession. And do you enjoy it every day? Like, I feel like win- maybe this will make me sound like a loser, but I feel like winning uh, can overshadow that day to day enjoyment. Like Steve Kerr is almost ta- he's like talking in fe- uh, like you could tell he has anxiety about those times. Like he doesn't really like reliving those times and talking about what it was like to play on the same team as Michael Jordan. I mean, BJ Armstrong came out <laughs> and said it like, was he a nice guy? Well, no, not really. Um, so I know there's a payoff that when you win and you're celebrating and you're popping champagne, that's great. But it also is not like the only way to do it. You know, there are coaches. Yes. Uh, I think Doug Peter, the last two coaches I've covered, Doug Peterson and Pete Carroll, would go the opposite way. And I know Steve Kerr has that philosophy. Like you want to play with joy. Like this is important. Um, you know, to have fun while you're doing it. Steve Kerr. I listened to an interview with him, and he was like, every possession in those games 
he was just like so nervous. It was so nerve wracking. Like he couldn't even control the anxiety. And I mean, I don't know. Ideally, I would think to get peak performance, you don't want to be that way. And um, so, yeah, for those of you who are, uh, you know, in regular jobs, uh, you know, you don't need to you don't need to be embracing those lessons of Michael Jordan. And I'm, I'm a Michael Jordan and, fan. But, you know, that just stuck out to me. And there's and no. That, by the way, was the exact argument that Lane Johnson made. Yes, uh, I believe on the part of my take podcast when he was talking about the Eagles compared to the Patriots, and I, I don't want to misquote Lane here. I, I, I think the the comment was something along the lines of of like the Patriots have you know he'd rather win one having fun than than you know again I don't want to misquote Lane, but it was it was something along that sentiment and and the. It was kind of describing the Patriots almost the way she'll describe Michael Jordan that that like you everything is 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 so intense and there's kind of the joy out of it. But what the Patriots would say is that like the end justifies the means, you know that that winning makes it all worth it. And and so it really depends on where you fall on that spectrum. And again, well, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. There's no there's no like. Uh counterfactual where we could test if maybe the Bulls would have won seven or eight championships if Michael Jordan was a little bit less of an a-hole like maybe yeah. maybe maybe he doesn't get burned out uh in 93 that way maybe he uh maybe maybe Jerry Krause doesn't want to break up the whole thing uh like there we don't we don't know that that's that's how it would have turned out I do like that it is I agree with you Sheila and I do like that it's coming from you who loves to to hold grudges as much as anybody else so that's a good <laughs> That's a good. That's, oh that's a good no! Piece. Well, that's a different thing. I'm all on board with. I'm all on board with holding grudges and vanquishing your enemies. But okay. I would. Uh, I like to think I would treat my 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 teammates right. uh, and my co especially. And it is different with football and basketball too. You know, like uh, like basket. I mean, what a grind that is. That's 82 games from uh, the end of October until you're playing the end of June. And back when they were playing, like you're practicing hard, all these things. You're on the bus with this guy. You're on the plane with this guy it's just like can you imagine you reach sort of that that part of you know the pinnacle of your sport or whatever you're drafted you get a nice contract and you're feeling like that type of stress and anxiety uh about going to work every day i, I don't know I, I know i would not enjoy that um can i also give the well two things that i want to get i want to say on the the doc one is i i would love more phil jackson i feel like we're not getting enough phil jackson yeah, I would agree with it. Yeah. yeah, it feels it feels like they're going to him in like these big spots, and he's giving very short in, and and like I want like a big clip there and a big performance out of him or something. Right, and uh, and, uh, and I feel like it's uh, it's cut short. So yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, and then uh, actually two other things. One is like w- w- this has been talked about, but the idea of thinking about this happening today, where like where Jerry Krause wins this power struggle, where the GM says that he wants this coach who has won five and soon to be six championships in a row, just wants him out of there and that's going to be okay. It seems crazy, right? Yes yeah. and no, you know, because I, I do think you've, and you see it now where some things just run their course, whether it's personality related, whether it's, it's, you know, salary related, but but it's, it's, it's happened out. You know, I mean, you've seen it. Uh, you've seen, yeah, you, you saw Tom Brady leave sure. the Patriots, you know, um, so I, I hear you there. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's often that the GM wins, especially in, in basketball and in football. But we've seen it in, in baseball, though, where, where you know, a manager leaves or a player leaves, and, and it's, it's kind of the, the GM 
who uh, reigns. Um, and then my other thing is, uh, do you guys agree or disagree with if I say the distinction that that Jordan's the greatest basketball player ever, but LeBron is the best basketball player of all time? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know what the what the yeah. distinction is, but uh, watching this, and you know, as I said, the sense of nostalgia that I've had watching this is that I don't, you know, and I and I've been a big uh, LeBron James fan, but I cannot put him over uh, Michael Jordan, and probably regardless of what he does the rest of his career, I will be on the other side of that. I just, I would, I mean, I would put it this way: that if you had uh, a seven-game series on a neutral court and you gave each of them the exact same supporting cast and the same coach whose team would win, and I, and I just believe Michael Jordan's team would win. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I love Jordan, um, you know, and, and, and part of that was also the function of when I was growing up, you know. I, I mean, I think if, if I was 10 years old, when LeBron was 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 coming up, I I, I might view it differently. You, you know, you know, Jordan had that that mythical um, persona, if you will, uh, and and LeBron's success has been during my twenties and early thirties. When uh, you know, when you kind of look at it a little more nuanced, but I, I'm going to take the cop out here. Is that I think you, I think you could, that that you can just appreciate both and i've had this uh, you know, I, I i i feel like uh i'm lecturing nick right here but like it's it doesn't need to be one or the <laughs> other boy. you know yeah yeah that's why i i I've, I've had these lebron versus kobe debates and i i can have them with 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 jordan like just just appreciate excellence however it comes I think your argument, Bo, would, or that distinction would probably be if you separate every skill of a basketball player and say who was better, I think you would have more check marks on the LeBron James side. But I, I think the oh, way I just I think, think like, and like physically, the evolution, like, you know, it's worth, worth, these are 20 years apart. I think that, I think if you, if you time traveled LeBron James into the early 90s, I think he would look like an alien and he would be yes. by far the best player on the court. Oh, but no, Jordan never I, lost I the finals. That. You know, like Jordan never lost in the finals, and and that that. Uh, well, that's why I'm saying. I think there's something to his best. I think yeah. greatest you're judging against their contemporaries. I think in my in my mind, best is like the best person at this at this skill who has ever lived, and I think it's LeBron. It is true. Like you know, when you watch those old games, like how how the the Knicks were the were their yeah, the I mean, look Knicks at the, and, look and, at the and defense the Pacers they're playing. The, it's pathetic. Yeah. Or or just to play. Yeah, I mean, the second best player on that Knicks team was what John Starks. I mean the I mean the those Pacers. I remember those 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 series really well. And like like Reggie Miller was was great. But when you look at at some of the teams that. Uh, that like LeBron's gone up against, and, and you know, or uh, or even what's what's what Steph Curry had had to go through against Oklahoma City, a team with Durant and Westbrook. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> I it's just different eras. I think I think uh, the argument it can be made that like basketball is is a little bit less, uh, maybe a little bit it's it's like it's almost been solved too much. So there's a little bit less variance in playing styles and. Uh, but still, the players are more skilled than they were back then. I don't know. Skilled back then? Uh, okay. I think they're more skilled right. now. Yeah, Sorry, I hijacked the whole podcast it. there. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed this discussion. Yeah, I've got, I've got like literally 40, uh, 40 questions left here. Well, so. listen, I have I've got one hour to go to. 
Yeah. I've been wanting to ask you about uh, the MJ Doc and the Wolf yeah. family for weeks now, so we had to get to it. We got Fletcher it. Cox at three o'clock. I'm 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 good until then, so <laughs> I'm, I'm good to keep rolling. Well, I don't want to hold our our <laughs> listeners or Kent hostage, but we are gonna yeah we're we're gonna hear from Fletcher Cox later today and and Kelsey later in the week. Is that right, Zach? We'll see about the latter. Yes, but <laughs> we I mean I think there's there's more rumors about the second, but uh, Fletcher Cox is confirmed for three. Uh, all right, of, let's go. Speaking of Fletcher Cox, who would be the favorite on the current Eagles roster to win a Hunger Games? That people want to hear this discussion from Philly Nation, and uh, I should let the listeners know that this elicited the response from Zach. Never read the Hunger Games. Can you give a one-sentence summation of what's required to win? <laughs> no, I, I was glad you asked that. I mean, I w- I'm vaguely familiar with it. I don't have intimate knowledge of the Hunger Everybody's Games. Everybody's dropped into uh, the woods and one person comes out alive. Uh, I think I would choose, uh, how about Lane Johnson? Doesn't he like wrestle bears or or he made that up? He made that up. He made that up. Yeah, yeah. But he's in uh, he's in some part of Texas where he has sort of uh, I don't know. He seems like he would be able to survive. I feel I'm going like well, it's, Cox it's, here. it's less about survival and more about like you're, you got you got to go kill the other people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think he'd yeah. be willing to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going Fletcher. Like I think Fletcher. First off, he's 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 big as it is, and then he has the uh, you know the hunting and the fishing and and just um, fishing. You know, he, yeah, he's a big fisherman. What, yeah, where's that getting him with them trying to kill people? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna fish him to death. <laughs> Beat him to death with a floppy fish. Yeah, he'll take him out on the boat, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going Fletcher Cox for the Hunger Games winner. So I, I, I think that Fletcher Cox is like the overwhelming favorite, which is why he wouldn't win because I think the other people would be, you know, he's the number one target. I think you got to, you got to go after Fletcher. So I think he gets sort of teamed up on. Uh, I think you could make a case for Carson Wentz. Certainly likes uh, being out in the woods, but. You know, I'm not sure he's got the uh, killer mentality. No, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think Lane's up there. I'm going with. I'm going off the board. I'm going with. Um, I'm going with Isaac Sayamalu. Interesting. <laughs> Why? Why? I think he's under the radar. I think he. I think he's. I think he's got more killer mentality than you might might expect. And I think okay. no one's. No one's like, oh, we got to go get Isaac. I think. I think they'll just forget about him. Okay. There yeah. you go. Uh, outside of Derek Barnett, who do you think is the next player the Eagles will look to extend? Like we've, we've I'm, I'm going to go Zach Ertz. Go as, yeah, I'm, I'm going Zach Ertz as the first player. I, I'm, I'm guessing by the time uh, the season starts, whenever it is, obviously, uh, Zach Ertz will have a new deal. All right, so I was thinking about this. Uh, so let me ask you this, uh, Berminator, is that mm-hmm. if they do extend, let's say they do extend Zach Ertz, what is Dallas? Is Dallas Goddard playing the next two years, and then he's uh, he's out of here? No, I I think that um, what it is is you give a deal that has heavy money for Ertz during the next two years, and 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 then you if if you think Dallas is a is a is a top flight tight end at the end of his rookie deal, you give him a deal that that kind of makes him becoming the guy, and and at that point Ertz is age thirty two. 33 you know and and he's he starts to to kind of recede in, into not into, into the identical Brent Selleck role but you start doing kind of what you did with Selleck where Dallas takes a more prominent role now but that if that's the said, case I, then why, but why are him, you doing yeah, it he why? signed through 20 yeah. he signed why would you do a deal with him then I think to uh to probably give him 
better market value, number one. And then number two, I, I imagine if you can do a deal now, you can alleviate some of the uh, cap burden for next year. You know, he can eat up some of the twenty twenty cap. I'm uh, some of the twenty twenty cap, and it changes the cap. It, it changes the cap number for future years. Or you can yeah. spread it out. I mean, I again, Jake Rosenberg can can do a, a much better job of that than I can. But um, but by playing with Zach's contract now, you can just massage that that twenty twenty one number uh, in a way that's more advantageous for the team. Well, this is how they keep getting into trouble, though. I mean, really, by money down the line. Is, is by uh, doing this type of thing. I mean, I've, if I said I'm going to extend Zach Ertz, and again, I, you know, I like Zach Ertz a lot. I think he's a great tight end. I don't know why you would do that. Uh, he signed through 2021. I, get, I mean, really, the only reason why you would do that, yes, is if is for cap relief, and then that can get you uh, into an issue. But, I mean, I don't know. At that point, do you almost have to think about trading uh, Dallas Goddard if you think Ertz is going to be your starting tight end here for the next, uh, let's say, three years? Because I, I don't know. I mean, if you have Ertz under contract, then are you really going to extend Goddard? And are you going to be devoting this, committing this type of money to the uh, to the tight end position? Seems a little bit a uh, little bit crazy to me, but I don't know. Especially when you saw what Hayden Hurst fetched on the open market, right? Mm. Yes, in terms of exactly. The trade market. Yeah. And also, when point. you look at uh, the Eagles' uh, expected points added, which is you know you can look at it as at DBA or however you want to look at it, uh, out of twelve personnel last year, they ranked thirty first passing the ball. Out of uh, out of twelve personnel, so all you people who are telling me that they did something special and that they've got the Hernandez Gronkowski and that uh, all right, fine, you want to make the argument that adding some speed to the outside is going to open that up a little bit, fine. But they were ter- they were not good at all out of twelve personnel passing the football last year. And by the way, if if you had traded, uh, if you had traded Goddard for uh, that Falcons pick, so. That was the pick that, uh, yeah. So I second round pick. It, it, it was actually the Patriots pick. So it was the fifty fifth pick in the draft. That's the new pick. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, you could have taken another and, quarterback. Uh, yeah. One <laughs> though, my my point is, is that the Hertz pick probably doesn't look as bad because you have that, and not to, if again, it's arguable that the Hertz pick was bad, but you have that luxury pick in the second round, right? I see. And perhaps, yeah, perhaps you can. Uh, just, just invest. You know, you can work the draft differently with two second rounders. I bet you could have got argument. more. I mean, Goddard's a better player than Hayden Hurst. Right. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, no, you, no, you I get that, that first Falcons pick, which is forty-seven, and I guess that was so. You the only wide receiver there who you who you couldn't get was Chase Claypool. I'm not sure they take him, but no. yeah, it's an interesting conversation. But maybe uh, wait, does Delpit go there? Maybe. Anyway, Delpit was before that, but yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, all right, let's do uh, let's do two or three more questions and then uh, save the rest for later. Uh, higher number for calendar year. This is a bird line. Jalen Hurts pass attempts or Eagles games played. Uh, Jalen Hurts pass attempts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you. Uh... Well, this is tough. Well, I think hmm. there's a good chance that they're both zero. But if like right. if, if if one of them is zero, the other one like hurts has Correct. to be zero. That's right? what I'm trying so. to yeah. That's what I'm trying to work through here. It's hard so to imagine the, the answer would be Eagles games played is higher, right? Just because I mean, no, not necessarily. Okay, if, I mean, if, how if many passes do you think hurts is going to? Well, I think if they, if they play, 
I think I think the way it would be higher is if it's like a six game season. I, if if they play sixteen games and, and they can't get hurt, sixteen passes in 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 like mop up duty or things like that. I mean, oh, I gotta I don't imagine think, there's gonna be opportunities. So. It also takes well, all, so? all, it, ta- all so. it takes is one. It, first of all, if Wentz misses one game, Hurts yes. wins the bet. And well, also, for, there, are other, there are game, other ways for him to get there. Like I think if if Wentz plays every game, there will still be mop up duty, and there would theoretically be a couple, you know, Garbanzo Beans plays. If Boy, Wentz you, misses one game, is is Sudfeld starting or is Hurts starting? I, I think Sudfeld's starting if it's a one game injury. No, I think Hurts. I think Hurts is, is going to be their backup. Okay. I don't. I don't see how you can t- take him in the second round and then not have him be ready to be your backup quarterback. So then I'm I'm not keeping Nate on on the roster then, if if, if that's the case. Like I, I'd rather allocate that roster spot to a developmental player. Than, well, unless you think that Hurts has an actual role in the offense. Because okay, then there's enough. a chance he gets hurt and you need an extra quarterback. Sure. Well, sure. Sudfeld might just decide he's going to go somewhere and start also. <laughs> yeah. He wants an opportunity, so he's just right. going to go. I will go. I, I'm going to go uh, Eagles games played. Uh, someone else wants to know, do you think there will be a full season? Full as in 16 games? I guess that's the or, implication. Or full as in starting uh, in September in 16 games. I can't. I can't ask. I can't message him now. He just said a full season. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I think there's I mean, a 16 no game idea. season. I'm not sure when it starts. And again, and and I don't know this. I I, I give the the pre. I don't know, and I'm not advocating. The, uh, there was knows. a uh, there's no yeah, and, there's and, no way to know. And there was a, a reader who 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 took my uh, defense of the schedule to to suggest that that like I think they should be back, and I'm I'm not. <laughs> advocating in any way to put it, put people in, in in stadiums tomorrow or or belittling what's happening with with COVID. I mean, I I'm very sensitive to that. And Zach and, was but, outside LA Fitness mm. doing pushups. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Zach's uh, taking his AK-47 into Subway. He's so repressed. <laughs> but I, I think there's a uh, a 16 game season. Yeah, I saw that clip. Uh, I th- I think they'll find a way to have a 16 game season. Perhaps it's pushed back for weeks. Uh, again, there's a chance that it could be done without spectators or with limited spectators. Um, but my guess is is they find a way to play 16 games in the fall. I was thinking, you know, I read, uh, I think it was Adam Schefter had all, and our, and our uh, loyal listener Dennis actually cracked the code on his own, but they have all these contingency plans, you know, if they have to mm-hmm. push the season back and, um, you know, what is it, all, all the games in week two, those teams have the same bye week later in the season and there's mm-hmm. some other stuff like that, but... Like it feels like all the contingency plans are like if they need to push the season back one month, right? But like, but who's that, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, I don't know if you're not ready September 10th, you're going to be ready October 10th. That that doesn't seem like the most realistic thing to me uh, either. So I don't know. They're, I like, don't know. They, they're going to be like if they try to start the season whenever it is. There are going to be players who are testing positive as the season goes on. Like that's going to happen. So what is the what is the plan then? Is it that whole team has to quarantine for 14 weeks? Is it, you know, that player and everyone else is that the, the, the rest of the team plays whoever is has not tested positive? And as Fauci talks about, like this, it's not like baseball. Like these guys are up on each other for three hours, like you know, in close contact the entire time. It, it's not it's not exactly an ideal scenario for avoiding 
the spread of disease. No, but as as you referenced there, you, you know, the only way this could happen is if, is if there's like a preponderance of tests at, at that point. Mm, and, yeah, it'd be uh, good if we got a, if if we didn't waste the first three months of this without putting that into action. <laughs> I'm not disputing any of and not disputing any of that. I'm just um I'm 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 just saying in terms of like the whole team being um you know kind of shelved for for two weeks. I, I think that what the suggestion was was that you can in essence quarantine a player and you can test the rest of the team and and have a you know you you wouldn't need to to sit everyone I, I again I don't know and by no means would I substitute my judgment for for the, for that of a of a scientist or a doctor so I'm I'm going to defer all types of theories to them yeah, I have no idea. Only thing I would add is that uh, I, I'm never willing to underestimate the sort of greed of mm-hmm. uh, the NFL owners and also uh, their relationship with the president if they were to need uh, certain resources to make this happen. I'm not saying that is what should happen or what will happen, but those are sort of two things that come to mind. Okay, but the odds pre-podcast Bo, just on, move on, on to the next on you being the one to say that and not me or, or, uh, you would, that paid out pretty well what Burp i didn't say anything there that was not factual at all okay um okay. that wasn't controversial back this migrate for z berm specifically a never before seen tom brady bill belichick documentary the uh all of the eagles super bowl 52 footage is the number two. And the number three is any and all home movies you have made or could make from 2018 through 2022. <laughs> uh, well, I would, I would definitely nest the home footage. Okay. Because, uh, I love looking at old videos of, of, of my kids and, you know, um, I, I was watching it with my wife on my phone the other night. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's fun. And that's actually the cool thing about, about iPhones now relative to, I, I, I guess, when you had to put it in the tape, like we were just scrolling through and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to look at. So definitely that. Um, and, and then the Super Bowl footage, uh, is it the game or is it just like, is it like a, a bowls behind the scenes from that year? Uh, anything related, I think. Yeah, so I, I would definitely, I would, I would peck that. And if not really? for the presence of my family, yeah, because you know, I, I wrote a book on that season. I lived yeah. that season. I You've would, already read I would a definitive love... book. What else is there? Here's well, the book's done. I mean, I, I would <laughs> love to get more, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I have a vested interest in that. And, and certainly, uh, like I, I enjoy the, the Patriots dynamic and, and learning about, Bob Belichick, but frankly, like I've I've uh, I've seen documentaries. I, I watched Do Your Job, and I've I've read I think three Patriots books at this point, four Patriots books at this point. So <laughs> really, wow. Or or like like Belichick's book, yeah, like uh, the Education of a Coach by by David Halberstam, the two Michael Holly books, um, and and then when I was doing prep work for for my Eagles book, I, I read a a like Super Bowl Patriots book to kind of see the way it was formatted. So I've I've read four of those. Wow, how's potty training? I agree going? with Zach. How's how's potty training? It's yeah, it's going well for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's still kind of hurdles to go over, and because we haven't uh, left the house really, right. uh, or you know, or I and mean, we've we've gone on walks, but but we still don't know what it would be like if we at, at one point go to Sesame Place, for instance. You know, whenever right. that were to open, you know, um, 
you know, that's the hurdle we don't know. Is like I don't think we haven't used Sesame Place for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> my 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 point is we haven't used a public bathroom with him yet. Okay. So that is the uh, yeah we we haven't been in a situation, and she would would know this much better than either you or I did would. But like where the kid needs to go, and you know you 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 got to take him in into the bathroom like that. We've we've been we've had access to the bathroom at all times. So. We're, I think we're taking the plunge in a couple of weeks, so any whatever advice nice. you got to pass on, you, you, you let me know. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to, although I'm far from an expert. That was a question from a listener, though. Uh, all right. I feel like we've talked enough. Oh, wow, you're calling it. Okay. More like there the was one question season. you sent us JJ, that I put JJ or Ortega Whiteside or Sidney Jones? Uh, I would say Ortega Whiteside. Has a better chance? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Ortega Whiteside has, has better access to it. Uh, yeah, I think um, that the opportunity yeah. is, is yeah. more there for him. What's the question that you put thought into that you wanted to answer? Well, that the, the, you sent us the thing we would take from the other uh, from the other hosts mm. on here. Uh, and I put thought this into that. This is from Kevin. If, if you could have one trait from each of your co-hosts, what would it be? And I And this is more writing traits than personality traits. There's a lot of personality traits I would take, but... Writing takes takes. Um, I it's 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 two things I've always marveled about both of you. Uh, ever since Shields, um, Birds twenty four seven days. I, I, I got to admit when he was doing moving the or, or not moving the sticks. Uh, moving what was the, the one from moving Philly the chains? Yeah, yeah, moving the chains. I was not in the Philly market at the time, um, so I, I was not reading it as regularly. But I read everything he he's written since then about. That's the, the meanest thing you've ever said about Shield. <laughs> no, um, but but literally everything Shield's written since 2012, I have read about the Eagles. Um, and uh, Shield has an as has a wonderful ability to uh, take complex matters and make them understand, like like complex matters on the field that uh, or in the front office, let's say, and uh, and simplify it in a way that's easy and entertaining to decipher. And I think that. Uh, I could sometimes get caught up in my own words that uh, that um, that is a trait that I would really like to to have uh, in addition to I, others. I think obviously. I agree with that. I think that is. Wow, that thank is, you. I think that is. This is getting. Uh, yeah, I'm skill. not used to this compliment. Yeah. Thank and, you. And and then my with, best skill in life <laughs> as a writer. Oh, and then okay. with with Bo, there are, are many as well. But uh, but but Bo's um, power with words or or way with words uh, really clever and. Um, uh, so that and a, a, a part of that too is uh, I can't write funny, and I think there's there's I think Bo does a very good job of writing funny, uh, and is really clever in in the way he he um, he can utilize uh, sentences and and get and get very subtle things in there. Uh, so really got good with words, and um, in addition to other things as well. I mean I, I don't want to say it's exclusive to those things, but those are two things that I would like. Uh, from both of my colleagues here. All right. So that should uh, just about do it for this episode, don't you think, Sheila? <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's I, I didn't give it quite as much thought uh, as Zach, although you did. <laughs> that's okay. We don't need to, we, uh, we don't, we don't need take, to go around What I would college, take from Zach right? is, his, is, is his homework ability to, to, to prepare. <laughs> 
for Zach, I was going to say I had it narrowed down to either preparation or enthusiasm. You know, I'm kind of anti-enthusiasm uh, generally, but, you know, he, he walks into the room. He's excited. Uh, I could probably use uh, some of that. My wife tells me I don't get excited about anything, uh, you know, any story she tells. I often have a blank look on my face, and uh, that leads to uh, some not-so-fun uh, <laughs> arguments there in the Capadia household. So that, that would be one. Uh, and from Bo, I would say uh, you're a good cook, right, Bo? I mean, you've never no. made me anything, but I always hear you saying about, you know, talking about what you can cook. So I would say either that or uh, I feel like you have a nice uh, high tolerance for alcohol. That could be uh, <laughs> that could that could uh, wow. that could really be two helpful, shots. helpful for me. What? Two shots. Those are I'm being sincere. Yeah, come on. I don't. I have three beers, and the next day I feel like I got hit by a truck or something. I need to. Uh, yeah, I would steal that from you. Okay. Sorry, was I supposed to say something else? No, that's fine. I think I, I'll take Zach's. I'll take Zach's uh, <laughs> preparation. I think that is the that that is the uh, the laudable thing. And uh, from Shield, I'll take uh, I'll take his ability to hold a grudge. Well, I can school you in that. Yeah. Hey, listen, you're no slouch there yourself. Well, yeah, but I can. You know, I'm always looking to get better. <laughs> okay, all right, we can work on that. All right, uh, okay. I guess that'll do it for for this episode of Birds with Friends. And I thought uh, there were other ones you sent us. Also, there were, there? but we don't. We don't have to. We've been going an hour all and a right. half. Okay, all right. We can we can get back together later this week. Okay, all right. Uh, so for Zach and Bo. And Shield, I guess. I'm Bo. Forgot about me. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I, I thought you were me. This whole thing is just completely off the rails. Thanks for uh, for wasting your time with us. And as always, we love you. Birds with friends.